Let us pray. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea, and cast an hook, and take up the fish that first cometh up, and when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money. Take that, and give unto them for me and thee. Matthew 17, 27 When I get caught up in the race to determine who is greater, when the creature of comparison tries to creep into my everyday life, I will remember your words, Jesus, in Matthew 17, Mark 9, and Luke 9. Instead of fighting for who is going to be greater, my fight will be a personal one for how I'm going to serve others. You spoke and declared that the least shall be the greatest in your kingdom. You spoke and declared, Jesus, that the last shall be the first. And because it came from your mouth, I take this as truth. And through this truth, I can rest and know that just because it appears I'm in the last place in my life, in my dreams, and in my goals, it doesn't mean that that's my final outcome. Through you, God, I acknowledge that in just 24 hours, you can change everything. You can lift me to a place that no one saw coming, because I'm focused on me and what I'm called to do. I pray that this mindset will reach the minds of our children so they won't stumble and fall to the lie of comparing. Let them understand that the only comparison that matters is comparing our heart and actions with you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for making prayer a priority in your life. To hear the Bible come to life, stay tuned for The Bible in a Year. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. The Tax and the Great Warning In our last story, Jesus took Peter, James, and John up a mountain. There he revealed a part of his glory. He was transfigured before them, and a blinding light emanated from his very body. Beside him were Moses and Elijah, two of the greatest figures in human history. However, they paled in comparison to Jesus. Now we learn about Jesus' provision for Peter during the time of taxes, and the disciples receive a stiff rebuke and warning about what it means to be great in the kingdom of God, inspired by the Gospels. Hello, I'm Jack Graham with today's episode of The Bible in a Year. The last time we were together, we heard how Jesus revealed his glory to Peter, James, and John in a mountaintop experience that was both amazing and terrifying. Those three disciples caught a glimpse of Jesus, the true light of the world, as he was transfigured before them. 
and they heard once again God the Father affirming that Jesus is his Son. Today we'll hear about God's provision and protection for his own. We'll discover the special place children have in God's heart and learn how serious he is about their care and well-being. Let's hear now the reading of God's Word. Jesus took his disciples to Capernaum. It was tax season, and everyone in the town was on edge. Tax collectors and Roman guards walked the city streets like gods, stirring the city and causing fear among men and women. Peter was particularly vexed by the tax collectors. He was a poor fisherman, therefore always wary of being stripped of what little income he had. Peter's eyes darted sideways as he saw a tax collector approaching him. He wore a crooked smile, and his eyes were full of ill intent. The tax collector walked beside Peter. Tell me, does your teacher pay the tax? Yes, Peter said impassively, doing his best to avoid eye contact. The collector could not get a rise out of Peter, so he left to go bother someone else. However, there was still a looming need. Peter had no money to pay the tax, and time was running out. When the disciples arrived at the home they were staying in, Jesus sat beside Peter. He could tell that Peter was lost in thought, worrying about how he was going to pay. He had given up most of what he had to follow Jesus, and whatever else he made from fishing was spent on providing for his family. Jesus nudged Peter and asked, From whom do the kings of the earth take their taxes? Is it their sons or the citizens? No doubt they take from the citizens, Peter answered. They would not want to take from their beloved princes. Jesus nodded. Sons are free, Peter. Remember this for later. However, for now you must pay the tax. There was a pause in Jesus' sentence. He smiled and stood to his feet. Go out to fish. Cast your line and see what you catch. Be sure to open up its belly. Peter had learned at this point to not question Jesus' odd requests. Excited, he boarded his boat and let out his line. It was dusk, and Peter enjoyed the quiet and still sea. He breathed in the gentle breeze and closed his eyes. Peter found great solace near the water. It was the place he grew up near. He watched the sunset reflect off the glassy water. Then his line began to tug. Peter quickly reeled in the catch. A large fish flopped on his boat. Peter took out the hook and gutted the fish. In its belly was a shiny shekel. Enough to pay the tax of Peter, his family, and Jesus. Alone on the water, Peter (laughs) laughed with joy. Jesus had once again provided. The next day, the disciples were trailing behind Jesus, arguing to themselves. Jesus could hear their silent quarreling. They were disputing among themselves, but did not want Jesus to hear. It was amusing that they had seen so many miracles from Jesus, yet still believed they could keep a small conversation from him. They finally arrived at the home they were staying in. The house was filled with friends and family. They ate, drank, and laughed with one another. Men, women, and children all sat around the table sharing stories. Children ran around the table, causing laughter and glee among Jesus and his disciples. Jesus turned to his disciples and picked up his drink. Tell me, what were you all arguing about this afternoon? I noticed some ruckus behind me. The disciples were silent. They were embarrassed to tell Jesus, for they had been arguing about who among them was the greatest of his disciples. They fought on who Jesus loved more and who was more gifted and useful for God's kingdom. Jesus knew this and used the opportunity to teach his friends on what it meant to be great. 
Whoever desires to be first must be a servant of all, Jesus said. He saw one of the children running around the table and playfully picked him up and swung him around the room. The child laughed and Jesus placed him on his lap. The children loved Jesus. His tender voice and playful presence brought them great joy and comfort. Jesus looked at the disciples and said, Whoever receives a little child like this receives me as well, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Jesus set the child down and he ran off to go play. Jesus watched all the children run around and play with one another. Then his face became intense. His brows furrowed and his eyes locked in on the disciples. Temptations are everywhere, Jesus explained. But woe to the one who would hurt one of these little ones. Then the disciples heard something they never expected Jesus to say. He spoke with a frightening intensity. Whoever causes one of these little ones to stumble should be afraid. It would be better if a stone was wrapped around his neck and he was thrown into the bottom of the ocean. In this, Jesus revealed the heart of God. He would not take the harm of children lightly. All those who preyed on or hurt one of his children would not go unpunished. We open today's reading with Peter being questioned by those who came to collect the temple tax in Capernaum. This was not a government tax levied by Rome. It was a Jewish tax paid by Jews for the upkeep of the temple. As we have already seen, Jesus often went against convention, much to the displeasure of religious leaders of the time. And so the tax collector, likely knowing Peter is one of the followers of this man named Jesus, asked if his rabbi pays the temple tax. Peter replied that, yes, Jesus pays the tax. He then went on into the house where Jesus and the disciples were staying. The Lord, knowing what had just happened and surely perceiving some of the questions swirling around Peter's mind, asked Peter a question. From whom do earthly kings take taxes? Is it from strangers or their own children? The answer was obvious. Kings taxed those outside of their household strangers, not their sons. Jesus replied that this meant that the sons of the king are free. What he was saying was that if earthly kings did not require their children to pay taxes, why would God require it? It is important to remember that this was a Jewish tax. So Jesus was saying that some Jews, those who believed in Jesus, were free, and those who rejected him were strangers to God. He was making a very important point about the freedom that we have in him. Nevertheless, Jesus said that in order to keep the peace and not offend, they would pay the temple tax. Some years later, the Apostle Paul would write something similar to the Jews and Gentile believers in Rome, advising those of strong faith to limit their freedom for the sake of the weaker brothers and sisters. This is a very important truth to understand as we navigate our liberty, our freedom in Christ. Jesus then told Peter to go catch a fish. Peter was quick to obey, knowing Jesus had a plan in order to provide to pay the temple tax. And sure enough, inside the fish he caught, Peter found one shekel, precisely enough to pay his temple tax and that of Jesus. It is a reminder that God will never tell us to do something that he will not provide the means by which to do it when we are faithful to obey his word. Next, we learn how the disciples were debating who was the greatest in the kingdom of God. After all they'd seen from their humble master, their own interests still loomed large in their minds. 
This wasn't a matter of simple conversation and wondering who was great. Surely they wanted to be sure that they were the most important and that they would have a place of honor in the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus in Mark 9.35 says this, And he sat down and called the twelve, and he said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. In their minds, this didn't make any sense. And if we're honest, it may not make sense to us as well. Importance and prominence, we often reason, is given to those who are served by others, those who have people who will do their bidding. But the kingdom of God is upside down. Those who wish to be great must become low and humbly serve. It is an example that Jesus lived out in his life to the very end of his ministry, and one we're called to follow as we serve others with a humble heart. Jesus then called a child into his arms and continued teaching that anyone who receives a child receives him. And in this moment, we see God's tender heart towards children. God is serious about protecting children, and we must be as well. Greatness in God's kingdom means to humble ourselves, to serve others, and to fiercely and faithfully protect the most vulnerable, the precious children among us. Dear God, Thank you for the liberty that we have in Christ, that in Him we are not strangers but children of the King. Thank you for today's reading, that it teaches us about greatness, true greatness, that is to humble ourselves before you. We thank you for your grace that modeled this kind of love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Jack Graham of Dallas, Texas. You can download the Pray.com app and make prayer and Bible study the priority of your life. And if you enjoyed this podcast, tell someone about it. Pass it on. Let others know because it is our desire to get God's Word to as many people as possible as fast as possible. And if you want to know more about what it means to be a Christ follower, what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, then go to jackgraham.org jackgraham.org, and we have many resources that are available for you there. I also want to invite you to something very special, to join me and my wife, Deb, on a trip to Israel in 2024. We leave on April the 1st for a 10-day journey, a trip that you will never forget, the trip of a lifetime. We also have a trip to Alaska, a Bible study cruise to Alaska that goes in July. We would love to have you for one of those or both. Go to jackgram.org or prestonwood.org for information. God bless you. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality. Welcome to the Pray News Podcast, where hope is our only bias. Each day, we'll unpack the most prominent stories happening in the news and offer a Christian perspective. We won't shy away from the hard topics, and we won't dilute the hopeful message of Christ. This is more than a daily brief on the news. It's a way to be informed and transformed. Listen to Pray News on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org.
That's trinityschool.org.